0: Hey, everybody. Chase Nobles here from Cush.com. Super excited about our guest today, Cindy Brown from Boswell Farms. And she is a farmer that recently grew a fair amount of CBG, turning that into distillate and isolate right now. Thank you for joining us today, Cindy. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this so much.
0: Of course. Of course. Now, I've got, a, I've got a question for you right out of the gate. You have this amazing digital consulting agency in Denver, Colorado. Why take all the risk and start growing hemp in Iowa? I, it, something doesn't line up there. I'm trying to figure it out in my head.
1: Yeah, it's, it's yeah. How did a CEO of a digital marketing agency of 100 people decide to go grow hemp? Well, Why? I, uh, I, well I first, um, uh, I inherited uh, my family farm two years ago in 2018. And uh, I'm the, it was my great grandmother's farm in Southern Iowa. And uh, it's a place that we've, we've always loved. And it's an operating farm. It's a, uh, it's a, a cow-calf operation. So we grow cattle. Um, and then uh, being involved uh, in the hemp industry with my business, Moon Digital, uh, and of course being from Colorado, uh, where we've had legalized uh, marijuana for quite some time, uh, you know, I have, I have a background in the industry. So in 2019... Iowa passed uh, its state law after the farm uh, bill of 2018 uh, to allow us to grow industrial hemp in Iowa, and the first season being the 2020 season. So I just had huge interest with it because I had clients in the hemp industry. I was fortunate that I could buy 1900 CBG cuttings from Zoetic, uh, which is on the western slope of uh, Colorado and had healthy plants that I could transport to Iowa. Uh, we have great fertile land. I mean, Iowa's uh, soil is like black gold. And uh, we worked with uh, a local university to set up test plots and see what we could do with the hemp. Uh, but I think the biggest motivation for me was uh, Iowa needs a new cash crop. And uh, I know that there's, uh, this is not an easy plant. And, uh, you know, Iowa's used to row crops. Of corn and soybeans, uh, but we've had we've had hemp growing in Iowa for a long time. I mean, you could go anywhere in Iowa and you find ditchweed uh, that's out there. So it it, it definitely uh, does well in Iowa. But I wanted to figure out what the business side of this could be. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it, and just taking my business background and then uh, you know my inheritance of a farm to say how could I combine something and see and test, what kind of business could this be? And uh, boy, was there a lot of learning that's happened this uh, first year.
0: I'm sure there was. And you're, you're fairly successful with your digital consulting. We were, we were, before the interview, we were talking about coronavirus and the work from home and getting out of a lease. You, you have a lot of people on your team over there. And when it comes to hemp, this is such a young industry. Uh, yeah. Not young, you know, I guess, in like the grand scheme, but as far as it being legal in the U S again, it's very young and very fragmented and hard to, you know, put all the pieces together. So the learning you were talking about, you know, is just one of those things we hear over and over again, you have to be able to learn fast to be successful in this space. What was this first year of growing hemp like for you all? And, and how, how do you feel about the process and the, and the production and what you were able to accomplish in the last year?
1: Well, it's, it's, um, but it was a lot. I mean, we actually had a uh, horticulturist who had worked with hemp for years, uh, come out and help us. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, it's a, it, to me, it's a very boutique, hands-on kind of operation where we were out in the field every day. Uh, you know, we used no pesticides, herbicides. You know, we had to deal with all the critters and uh, the insects and, you know, how to protect our plants. Uh, um, from that let alone all the weeds um, uh, to do it so it was a uh, very much a hands-on operation and at the same time as as our plants were going to the field we wanted to have sustainability so we wanted to be able to learn how to propagate uh, and take cuttings uh, and get a up for the 2021 20, uh, planting season so there was a tremendous amount uh, you know to to, to to learn and so out of our for test plots, uh, we figured out which, uh, you know, the, comp- the right combination of soil and water uh, that we needed to do. Um, uh, you know, we actually had, uh, you know, no waste. of the, the plants all grew, you know, just, just cutting them down and figuring out a drying operation. in one of our big barns was huge. And then it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's so humid. We've got to heat this. Uh, we've got to dry this out as quickly as we can. Uh, it's just been an incredible, you know, learning process. And then it's like now that we have all these hanging plants, what do we do with them now? And it's like, oh, we gotta hand shuck them. That's the best process.
0: Right. And because then, there's just not that much automated equipment when you look at any other right. traditional ag crop crop right? It's there's that hasn't been developed on a consistent trust, you know, trustworthy level in the hemp industry to be able to do as a good of a job as say hand shucking all these plants, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know and so, so it's very labor intensive and so then you say you know at the end of the day uh we've got to make money right, right. and you know wh- all the effort that goes into this and what does it take you know can we realize uh can we take it to a market can we find buyers and of course that's why i'm involved with kush.com i'm very excited about that and then and then turn a reasonable profit i mean we know exactly what an acre of corn does an acre of soybeans Uh, you know, uh, any acre of any type of vegetable uh, can bring in the organic market. So, you know, you compare it against that. and So, you know, we (laughs) remain cautiously optimistic, you know, that we'll get our our harvest, um, you know, uh, uh, purchased uh, and and we'll go go from there. I'm, I'm anxious, you know, for next year to turn more into the science and being very deliberate and having the software systems to really track each of our Uh, you know, uh, uh, lots and making sure that, you know, that we're getting our COAs on the different ones and understanding, you know, how we uh, treat these plants. You know, can we get the highest quality of uh, uh, cannabinoids out of it? Uh, So excited about that whole science element of that, that we're doing. Uh, We've had to build a greenhouse, uh, you know, for all of our cuttings to propagate them through the year and uh, throughout the year, so they're ready to be going into the soil. Uh, in May and uh, taking care of our mother plants. So uh, it's, it's, it's been a real process of love. I mean, this is a fabulous plant. And, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, we'll, we'll just keep getting better at becoming and learning more efficiencies on how to run the operation. And, and my hope ultimately is that I help the, the farmers of Southern Iowa. I've got a lot of cousins out there. And in fact, my dad's, uh, my dad's I've got a great picture of my husband. And my father's first cousin, who's in his eighties in his coveralls, uh, overalls, uh, standing in the barn with these huge twenty-foot high, you know, uh, you know, vines uh, coming down where we have hung all the the plants up to dry, and he's oh, just—that's amazing. What have you done, Cindy? <laughs> you know, what have you got, gotten yourself into? Because uh, it's an intense operation, but I think the fruits of our labor uh, are going to be worth it.
0: I I certainly hope so. And it sounds like you're bringing a traditional ag production cycle to this industry where, you know, we, we, we tend to see two different categories of farmers, you know, kind of the old school grew cannabis and is transitioning into hemp, which is not, you know, the traditional ag side. And then we have like the, um, been farming for generations and have a very specific way of doing things but then there's there's pros and cons to each because hemp is such a different plant right than say soybeans or corn now now you said earlier iowa needs a new cash crop what what is what is causing that and why why are people looking at hemp and saying this might be it
1: well i think i think uh agriculture has gone to big ag you know you can go up into northern iowa and see all the Conagra kind of operations where you have, you know, uh, not, not just hundreds, but thousands of acres that are uh, being farmed in a high industry uh, way. And my love is for the small farmer. You know, how does a small farmer compete uh, uh, with that? And it's, it's a hard business to be a farmer. You know, you're so dependent upon so many factors that are out of your control. You a know, weather alone, but my God, market conditions. Um, and so it's like, how do we how do we do risk mitigation as we would do risk mitigation in a normal business? And how can I take that to localized farming? You know, where uh, the uh, you know those who buy our our grow know uh, the high quality and the high care that comes from this. Um, you know, I'm interested to see you know what uh, big pharma and big act does in this industry, but I just want to make sure that we can carve out a niche, you know, for the small farmer to say, you know, here's how you go about this. There's a lot of education to do. And it, it's, it's wonderful to be in a position that we're testing and trialing and learning, you know, and we're taking the risk. Uh, and uh, hopefully we we'll, you know, we'll get better each year on how to manage of, that risk.
0: Of course. And, you know, I think hemp legalization came on, came at, Came about at such a kind of pivotal time in agriculture, where we we're having kind of this trade war, and prices were, you know there there were some there was some instability in the prices. What's happened in the last ten years in agriculture that made hemp such a, a an enticing opportunity? I'm curious, from your perspective, what that looks like.
1: Well, I think I think uh, the you know for me, what a real interest is, you know, <coughs> just the. Um, the medical impacts of it, you know, that, that our, the, the oldest physical system in all animals is into cannabinoid system. And, and that's why I was interested in CBG as the top of the chain of the cannabinoids, uh, you know, as kind of the stem cell uh, uh, for cannabinoids. Um, but I just, I believe in its, uh, its properties. And, uh, you know, having been in Colorado, you wouldn't believe how often when I drive over to Iowa, and to Missouri, how yeah, much of my family goes, can you give me some of this, and some of this, and some of this, and some of this? <laughs> you know, where but because it has a, a true impact on the quality of their life. Right. You know, right. whether it's a balm that's a combination of CBD, or CB yes yeah, CBD and THC, or it's yep. a tincture, or it's a gummy, you know, that helps my 78-year-old aunt go to sleep at night. Right. And so I just think that uh, the world needs uh, uh, these products. And that this plant is just an incredible source of healing uh, properties that, that I think is, is significant. And so I'm anxious to be part of that, this new industry that is learning how to do this. And uh, at the same time, I want to make it a business.
0: Right. And you, you mentioned, and for everybody that's listening that may not know, um, you mentioned CBG as the stem cell cannabinoid, right? Yes. And I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit more because I think this is a, a real opportunity to teach, teach you know, our community why CBG is so much different than CBD and what, what makes it different because it's a much yeah. different crop to harvest than CBD plants. You know, I've, yeah, I've been yes, out in the is. field and felt the difference. And it's, it's, oh, an yeah. interesting, it's an interesting version of hemp that is a lot different than the rest of the versions I've seen.
1: Yeah, I yeah, know. I mean, it's the original cannabinoid, so it, it sits at the top of the hierarchy uh, of the chain, and you, you, all derivatives of uh, cannabinoids come from that. So it, it is really uh, kind of the mother plant uh, uh, with it. And so, to me, it, it will give us the most flexibility of where we want to take this plant, knowing that the market is still so new. I mean, mm-hmm. so you know, so many people don't even understand CBG. Uh, it's got uh, definitely more health, medicinal, you know, factors in it that I think uh, uh, are, are significant. I mean, I'm intrigued by, you know, if you go to, I don't know if you guys have heard of Dr. Knox, but it's a family of uh, physicians and, and they'll talk about CBG and just uh, the, the, the fact that as, even as we're going through coronavirus, even as we get a, a vaccine is that the intercontinent noise system in our bodies uh, respond to this so well. And it is, uh, you know, such a, uh, a, a measurable way of strengthening your own physical system. So I'm intrigued where this will all go. You know, and uh, how farmers going to get involved because you know farmers going to get involved.
0: Oh, of course. Uh, you know, it, and uh, with, all all with the this. big ag, big pharma they're they're all circling this industry. And, and and my perspective is that that is going to add even more credibility. And there 's always oh, going to be a space space for small farmers, but if we can get more research, if we can get more um, efficient pr- means of production that's you know hopefully that 's good for everybody in the space but when when you uh, when you were talking about CBG being at the top of the hierarchy it 's every single cannabinoid out there kind of derives from CBG or converts into it at the at, the, at some yeah. point in the life cycle of the plant. so if you harvested a a, a THC strain really early you 'd get mostly CBG right yeah. and prices last year were so high for CBg and we were for for people that grew only CBD and there was a massive surplus of CBD on the market last year they they you know they got beat up quite a bit prices dropped maybe seventy percent and CBG was maintaining this great price whether it was flour or distillate or isolate but liquidity was kind of hard to find because it's such a right. new it's not a new cannabinoid, but it's a, it's an it's kind of the new cannabinoid no, on the market.
1: Right, right, right. right. It, 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 there's a lot of education to do. I mean, the consumer doesn't understand this at all.
0: Right? Oh no, and, no. <laughs> that you could say, hey, do you have, do you have any CBG flower? And they wouldn't even, you know, a lot of consumers would have no idea what you were talking about, right? Right. Even though we know it has so many different qualities from CBD or THC or or. Um, uh, CBN or any of those other cannabinoids. So it'll be interesting to see what th- happens to the market because I know beans of production have gone up a fair amount in CBG. Yeah. It also, has the popularity within the market. But with any early stage of the industry, where's the balance there? Has production outpaced demand? Has demand outpaced production? And and the swings that we see in this space when it comes to price are so wild, right?
1: Wild they are wild
0: they're wild i you know i've it's it's hard to see anything like it other than like maybe cryptocurrency or something where you'll see you know if all the cbg dries up and there's like two suppliers of cbg prices could triple you know in like four weeks and it's just this but also who knows how many people grew cbg this year it's so hard to tell you know, we can we have a little bit of data on our platform, but it's so hard to tell you know exactly how many different farmers out there grew it versus how many extractors say they have access to it. It's it the fragmentation and uh, visibility in the space is is so strange, and, I, and I'm sure you've learned that being in in oh, the. Oh no market. no I mean
1: you know I'm I'm used to a more stable business environment. You know, <laughs> uh, it's my regular business, and so you know, getting into this uh, industry has been. Uh, so, I mean, I, it's nascent, you know, mm-hmm. and so, uh, you know, I, I've learned that, that the, positive, the most positive thing is that it, is everybody wants to help each other. Right. That, that part I love. And, uh, you know, I'm part of the Iowa Hemp Growers Association and <laughs> there's only 40 of us. Wow. Uh, only 80 farmers when got licenses and only 40 actually grew. And we all had different experiences. We were fortunate to have a very good experience. Uh, right. We had very awesome. good COAs that came back uh, uh, for ours, uh, but, you know, just staying involved and learning that there's going to be, oh, so many ups and downs as the uh, as this industry uh, stabilizes out. And, you know, <laughs> this was a good, le- uh, you know, election year as more states have legalized things, you know, and then we have silly, you know, I mean, I've got to deal with the legislation of Iowa uh, in this upcoming term because- they legalized us to grow it, but they made it illegal to do any processing of it.
0: Oh, come so on.
1: I had to, <laughs> I had to you know, take my super sacks of flour and put them on a truck and hope with all of our licenses and everything else. Go across the state of you know, Kansas where it's not legal and bring it to Colorado to be processed. Right. So there's, we've, got, we've got quite a ways to go
0: wow so i bef- i would love to ask you a little bit about the regulatory environment in iowa but before i do that when it comes to small farmers and the community that you're in and the community that you obviously love um i saw a lot of farmers take a lot of risk and maybe more risk than the, than 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 they were um then was a good idea to take early on in the space yeah. and when the price drops on CBD last year, a lot of farmers really hurt. What would your advice be to small farmers when it comes to growing hemp? And, and how do you, how do you mitigate the risk in such a a volatile space where you can make a lot of money, but you can also lose quite a bit of money at the same time.
1: You can lose a lot of money. And, and, you know, I had several farmers in Iowa that their crop went hot and (coughs) by that, by the, the state, Land Extension coming in and doing the testing and then they went and got a third party test and it wasn't hot, you know, it's, you know, so it's like navigating that legal structure too, uh, and having the ability to, to appeal. Uh, I, I think starting anything new is not for the week. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I think that, uh, we went into this knowing that we could lose our shirts, you know, on this effort. Uh, but that was the risk, uh, uh, that we decided to take. I think anytime you're at the front end of this big wave going through, um, you have to accept that you could take those, uh, you're gonna have those risks. So not only is your tolerance have to be high, uh, but your financial situation has to be able to sustain that. And so if you were thinking, I'm gonna try this and I'm gonna make money on the first year, this is great. uh, I I think that's the wrong way to go into this. I think you have to go into this saying, I'm going to try this and I may make nothing out of this, but I'm going to learn a lot. And right. uh, and, and you have to research and read about the industry and then, you know, build your own uh, education and confidence that in due time, this will come through and I want to be ready. You know, I appreciate
0: I mean, your honest and humble perspective here because, um, maybe the feeling within the market was everybody's going to get rich two years ago. Right. And, and it was just one of those things where, you know, being in the recreational cannabis space as we have been for so long, we saw the ups and downs. We saw the price crash. We saw the price increase at the beginning. Everybody gets us excited. Three X is their production capacity. And then prices drop 60%, 70%. We knew it was going to happen. And we, we, we forecasted it before it all happened and people didn't like us for forecasting, but it was like, you could just tell there was so much production being increased because you know everybody and their brother was was growing, and they 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 the market wasn't quite developed for CBD at the rate of production. Right. CBG is a different story, but it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens now, when it comes to regulatory environment in in Iowa, I'm curious. What happens if your plants do test hot? How does Iowa handle that? And what, in addition to testing hot, how has it been working with the state of Iowa and does, is it a good place to grow hemp or is it, is it a really challenging place to grow hemp from a regulatory perspective?
1: Well, it's, it's a challenging place since you can grow it, but you can't process it. So, you know, we've, we've got to advance the legislation on that uh, in the legislative session that starts in January. because uh, That's kind of silly. Um, uh, but I, I always knew I was going to take my crop to uh, Colorado anyway, where I knew there, there was experienced extractors and I wanted to have that experience, but at some right. point in time, we need to have extractors in, in, uh, in, in Iowa. Uh, I, I mean, we worked with the land extension group, uh, which was, was very good to work with. This is all new to them, you know, and, and uh, the law had it such that, you know, once we got, uh our our uh crop tested we had 15 days to get it out of uh the ground mm-hmm. uh, and that was just the requirement so you know you had to time your harvest uh really really well because you want to get the you know obviously the buds to as mature as possible and yet you know um you know you've got 15 days from then to to get it out uh uh but i know i always was good to work with i mean fortunately for the farmers who Had their, you know, and of course, CBG is a little bit
0: easier Easier. than CBD in terms
1: of going hot. Um, But you had to, when you filed, you know, uh, for your license, you had to say what your plan was to destroy the crop if it did test hot. So so there were several farmers that had to burn their fields, which was really, you know, disheartening.
0: Tragic, tragic. So um, you mentioned earlier that your COAs turned out really well. And I would love, you know, before we, before we wrap the interview up, I'd love for you to tell everybody kind of what the outcome was of your harvest, what you're doing with it and where people can find you and what kind of products you're selling.
1: Well, we, we, we're just getting lined up with kush.com. So I'm excited with that. I truly believe in exchanges and marketplaces (laughs) because I have that in my, my company and and, uh, so many of my clients sell their, the products through, uh, uh, exchanges and marketplaces. Um, in, in terms of our, our the product, I mean, we were, we were successful and really, you know, we planted 1900 plants. We harvested, uh, 1900 plants. Uh, you know, we, our THC was, uh, very compliant. It was 0.14, which was great. Wow. Uh, uh with that. So, uh, you know, I mean, all of the, metals testing that we did and the turpines and the micro- well, it was the pesticides uh all of that came back uh very positive and then turns out just the cannabinoid. uh with that i think i've got trying to see if i've got my coa in front of me um but it came out at 14 percent wow so
0: yeah that's we great really, for cbg flower that's great
1: yeah we were really happy with that um, so, um, yeah. And then of course, you know, there's always an element of luck on your side. We, yeah, right. uh, we got into the field and got the crop out and in the next two days it downpoured rain.
0: No kidding. You know,
1: so we were lucky that we could get it hung and in the barn and drying as I could hear all this rain pouring down.
0: Just in time. And it yeah, sounds like you're no. going to be taking, taking this harvest to distill it or isolate and yes. you're looking for high quality purchasers that need a, a homegrown product like a, like your CBG products. So
1: yes, yes, yes. And we're happy to send out samples and everything else. So, uh, very, very happy. Uh, you know, I mean, it makes sense to get it sold. I don't know how long <laughs> that's going to take. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, obviously I want to be flexible with the pricing, you know, because the goal is to get it sold, you know, and hopefully to new relationships, um, you know, with buyers and, uh, Had to become familiar with how this was truly a uh, a hand-grown crop, full of love and care all along the way. I'm surprised we didn't name all 1,900 plants. For sure, we have named our mother plants. Um, (laughs) But you know, it it takes a lot of care and feeding, and uh, I think we really did a great job.
0: Well, this has been an amazing interview, Cindy. Our marketplace would be nothing without farmers like yourself. So thank you so much. Everybody can find Cindy uh, Boswell Farms on cush.com and she'll have some great CBD, CBG products up there really soon. So thank you so much for joining us, Cindy. It was a great conversation.
1: Well, thank you, Chase. I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to talk about Boswell Farms.
0: Perfect. We'll talk soon.
1: Okay.